Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, I know that um, you probably stayed up last night to watch the Sixers come back in their summer league game, right? You were glued to the television. You really want me to answer this question? <laughs> Seriously, you do? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by comeback? I, but, I did. I did look at the box score. They were what, down by. Like, they lost. They were down by like thirty points at one point. Okay, oh. it's a summer league game. Who exactly are you watching on the Sixers? Like, who do you, who do you actually expect to play from this summer league team? See, they I've, had no first round draft. Pick. I've got a good excuse now because my six year old wants to watch basketball. That, that's, that so is not a good. excuse. I can blame him for watching. That no, is like, not a good excuse. I, I was more interested in how they were playing because Nick Nurse was coaching, and so they were playing a little more aggressively, and they they ran some different plays that they didn't run. Now I don't know if any of that pans you're, out. You're in kidding. Right? The, You're kidding. The, the coach of the organization is going to start to put in what he wants for his players at every no, level. No, not with these guys. I, you absolutely. can't. It's not. They're not the same skill level. I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm shockingly going to compare this, and there is really no comparison. But I'm going to do it anyway. We tried out for the Sixers G League team. Yes. At one point, we okay, did. didn't go. And for either. those guys, better you than me, are head and shoulders obviously better than us. But they are most of those guys. I don't think anybody from that tryout actually made it to the NBA. No. Those guys. This is them scratching and clawing. These are guys that that are really good basketball players but don't really know how to play the game That's the way that you want to be playing. It's sloppy and they, they run. Yeah, but you, Nick Nurse can't put in a real offense in a week with 15 guys or however many guys there are that really don't know the offense and haven't had time to work the offense, let alone work with each other. I agree. There's nothing to be gained from this except seeing individual performances. I do. And there's nobody on the Sixers that I need to see an individual performance from except for Springer, who, by the way, we heard about all the three-pointers he hit in practice. Yeah, he's not. How's, how's he doing against this competition? No, he's showing his athleticism and his ability to get back on defense, but his three-pointers haven't dropped at all. But look, they're going to need, in terms of where their salary is going to be, they're going to need some of these young guys to come in. It looks like they're kind of running it back to me. <laughs> I mean, is that what you're seeing right now? You know, Harden's mm-hmm. here on a one-year deal. We got, uh, let's see, we Montrez Harrell back again, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? Because he played. He didn't play at all last year. I, that was a, maybe different coach. I, I didn't really like what I saw when he did play. Uh, did, so, did, did Harold play for the Raptors when when Nurse was there? I don't. I don't think so. Um, Are you but, sure? Because because what other logical like you you signed Mobamba. So what exactly do you need him for? You now have Paul Reed, Mobamba both backing up and beat unless one of those guys or both of those guys is going to play power forward. Well, I was wondering if, you know, assuming they bring back Paul Reed, do they try to make him a power forward? Cause he is a little small for center and does fit more as a power forward. He's been a backup center out of necessity. Cause that's what this team mm-hmm. needed. But I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think Montrez Harrell is the answer. How do you feel about Mo Bamba and Pat Beverly? Beverly. I like because he's a good defensive player. And I think he's going to bring an edge to this team, but the edge that he brings to the team is very like, almost like Jimmy Butler was like, he's going to poke guys. And the question is whether or not they're thick skinned enough to be poked by him. Cause he does wear out his welcome. 
So as long as they think that the, the players here can handle it, I'm good with that. But if he if they can handle it, then PJ Tucker serves no no basis to be here. So. I know you don't like this time of year at all because there's reports all around. I like summer. Uh, summer, yes. The speculation mm -hmm. season and rumor season and speculative tweets. And is Tyrese Maxey really untouchable, Jeff? Even I don't believe that. And I like Tyrese Maxey, but I don't believe okay, Tyrese so, Maxey is untouchable. So, so let me ask you a question. Look, I wasn't as sold as you were on Maxey when he came. I will admit that. I'm still not sold yet on him being a superstar, like top 10, 15 player in the league. But Maxey's been with this team for several years now and is only 22. Yes. Dame Lillard is in his early 30s. Coming off an injury. Okay, I'm not worried about the injury. I think he'll be okay with the injury. But he's a small guard who's in his 30s, who's going to be making, he's got, I think he's got four more years left. The last two are $60 million a year. Why are you going to give up a descending player who's in his 30s for an, an ascending player who's in his early 20s? How does that make sense? Their logic would be that this is Embiid's window. And so you have to put him with the best talent now. And they would say that Dame is better at this moment in time than Maxi. How much better? I don't know. How much better? I don't know. Uh, okay, so who's your other guard if you do this? I also don't know that. Uh, is Pat Beverly your, your other card at that point? Like, I'm not really sure. And you're going to have to give up more than Maxi. They don't have picks to swap. They basically have hardened to potentially ship someplace to get something that they could then package. I, mm -hmm. I just, I don't necessarily see how it works. And if it does work, I, I you have to believe that the team as constituted can win or the team with Dame would win. And I just don't know that that team exists here. And I don't have faith in what they're going to do with Harden yet. I don't, I'm happy that he's on. Well, but you have to do both. You, but do. you can't keep Harden. The only way that this works for the Sixers is the Sixers have to get enough assets and picks for trading him likely to the Clippers in return to be able to offer something to the Blazers. Which That's the only way you can do that. The Sixers don't have enough now. I don't even know if they have enough with Maxie what's to make your, that trade. What's your concern level of sending all that to a player who says he doesn't want to be any place but Miami? I mean, people around him are supposedly saying he won't report to camp and won't be happy. Okay, well, this morning he said that's not true. Okay. Um, but let's, let's assume it is true. It's incredibly poor negotiating. And, I mean, there's a couple points to this. If you're going to negotiate and you want, to, you want your way out of town to a specific market – you have to, and he's the guy who's who's been loyal to the, everybody talks about his loyalty to the team. Well, he's loyal because he's getting a massive amount of money too. If he's loyal to the team and he wants the team to be loyal to him, it doesn't mean the team has to give him up for virtually nothing because he wants to go to one team. Yes. What the deal should have been is you sit him down and say, hey, Dame, look, we're going to try to do right by you. But in order to do right by you, we have to remain quiet. The only way this works is 
if you want to go to Miami, I have to be able to negotiate with other teams so that I can drive up the price enough that when you leave, you're not leaving this city with a bad team. There has to be, and, and for his agent to go around and say to the Sixers and the Celtics or whoever it is he's saying, he's going to be unhappy. Well, that hurts the negotiating. But the second part of this is I'm not too worried about him saying, I won't be happy if I'm somewhere. He'll be happy. He, he played in Portland for a long time. If he gets traded to the Sixers and they have enough that he has a chance this year and next year at a championship, he'll be happy. Well, if you believe... He said, what did he say he's leaving for? To win a championship. Exactly. If you believe Brian Windhorse, Daryl Morey has something up his sleeve. He said he's oh, confident. You know, this is, is, see, this done, is the ridiculous part of this yet. conversation. You can jump in in a second and jump mm-hmm. all over this. He said, don't make any assumptions. I wish I could tell you what he's planning. I know enough to know he's got something going on and then he doesn't show anybody his hand. And I sent this to you and you said, can we make a deal that if you know something is clickbait, you won't send it to me? Now, Mm -hmm. granted, it definitely is designed to get people to click on it, but it wasn't presented as that. It was presented as news on ESPN's news show. So you is it clickbait? it clickbait in your text to me. Is it clickbait, though? You called it clickbait. I know. You I don't have for- to call it anything. Well, the deal was if it's clickbait, you don't send it to me. I didn't think the crumble cookie was clickbait because everybody else called it But you called this one clickbait. I figured okay? you would call it It clickbait. is not a story to report that somebody has a hunch that somebody else has something up their sleeve that they don't know what it is. A hunch is not a story. A hunch that somebody else may do something is even less of a not a story. Like at some point, we have too much news and apparently we've hit that point because now it's the summer we haven't seen Wembenyana yet we start to get to see that tonight trades have been made as long as he stays away now we're in this lull period until everybody gets out there to wheel and deal where we're going to sit there and report as a story hunches I said how much I know you love this time of year. No, it's any time. It's any time of year that you're going to bring this kind of stuff up. The fact is a major sports news network reported this as a story too. They're running these things on the bottom of the screen and you're sitting there going, okay, somebody has a hunch. Now what do we do with this? Like what's, what is the point? Like it's okay not to have news. Like it's okay to have a down day. You know what? Give the reporters off. My fear is that there isn't a deal for Harden. There isn't a deal for Dame. They run there isn't. It, right they, now, there isn't. Otherwise, they run it be back. Done. They run it back for one year. And right. everybody acts like this team can win when we don't think that it can. There's a Pat Beverly added on to the team from last year in place of George Yang mm-hmm. make you that much better. Does a uh, Mo Bamba instead of Jalen McDaniel? I mean, that's what you're looking at at this point. Those are the pieces so here, you're swapping out. If yeah, you but make here, those here's players. the here's the problem. The Sixers should have won against the Celtics. Sure. Right. Okay. The reason they didn't is partly because of James Harden's attitude. So the question is, is in the last in? year, huh? Is he going to buy in? 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, th this is the problem. James Harden said that he wanted basketball freedom. He basically, from some accounts, got Doc Rivers fired for it. He gets a new coach in here. The coach is probably going to sell him on a certain way of playing. It's not going to be basketball freedom. We, we heard that when we had when we had someone on from the Toronto Sports Radio. So is if you can get Harden to buy in, and by the way, Maury has him over a barrel right now. Think about that. Maury's got him on the last year of a deal. He will be a free agent. James Harden's already eaten his way or look like he's eaten his way out of several markets. What do you think happens if he comes in with a bad attitude and doesn't play well and doesn't play team basketball? What happens to him next year? He has no choice. If he really wants to continue to play and he wants one more big contract, the only way he gets it is to not be James Harden. If you were a betting man, which I know you're not, mm -hmm. would you bet that James Harden and Tobias Harris will be on this team to start the season and Dame Lillard will not? Yes. I would say that's what's going to happen. I would I would say at least Tobias is going to be on this team because I don't know if if you lose Harden, when, no matter what you get back, what are you going to get for Tobias that's going to be as good as Tobias? And and by the way, he's an expiring contract. Well, right? you get some. You try to trade something because you're going to lose him. But is there a world where he actually fits into Nick Nurse's offense? No, no, offense? no. But but he he's on an expiring contract, yes. right? Yeah. This is last year. Yeah. So you get him. You get him again trying to get one more contract, and at the end of the year, you get a whole lot of cap space if you don't resign him. Yeah. Is there a world that he actually fits into what Nick Nurse is trying to do here? Yes, I think he absolutely does. I think that Nick Nurse will unlock some abilities in him that may be docked in. And, and especially if Harden is able to play the kind of basketball where he is a facilitator. Uh, you are more the traditionalist than me on the show. I am trying to understand. You mean, mean old person? No, not old person. <laughs> traditionalist. Uh, actually, I act more stodgy on some of this stuff than you do sometimes. Okay. Um, are, are you understanding or following? They're announcing this new in-season NBA tournament thing. Yeah, you just call me a traditionalist. It's not my thing. I, 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 didn't, look, I didn't think I, so. I just wasn't sure like whether you're paying attention. It's so confusing to me, and I'm not sure when they're playing or why they're playing or how they're playing other than to make money. But, so, well, of course, that, that that's always the end result of this. But it seems like they're going to put them into four divisions. The games will count towards your regular season record and then there'll be i think a final four with the winner each player getting half a million dollars so they're just playing I'm the not, regular I, season schedule with some fake bracket around for a tournament that's exactly what they're going to do <laughs> okay that's a better but the question is how do you do that because because there's no way you can then have a balanced schedule well it says the other 22 teams will play two additional regular season games during the knockout stage the four teams mm -hmm. that lose in the first round in the knockout stage will play one additional game during the same period it just seems so confusing to me it's a <laughs> you know you and i complain well, look, the soccer is confusing if, to us sometimes and, and this one i don't get it if, if people will watch it i'm at the point in my life of saying fine if you want to watch Watch it that's great i don't know if like am i gonna are people gonna put a banner up in their stadiums if they win the mid-season tournament 
Like, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think uh, of that. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that will happen, right? Trophies, like, Jeff. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Exactly. This gives more people a chance to get a trophy. So then this the next thing are we going to have? You're going to have bonuses and contracts for the in-season tournaments. Oh, there's no question. The contract, <laughs> if, if I'm an agent, I am definitely included. If the league's going to make more money out of it, the players should make more money out of it. So that's definitely going to happen. The other thing is, is the next step we're going to have, whoever has the best record during the, the regular season is the winner of the regular season title. Will it be like a president's trophy in hockey or more? like a premier league where best record wins and then we'll have a tournament afterwards like how many different things do we need for a season and i thought the idea of some of this stuff is to kind of load management doesn't this kind of do the opposite it, it does seem like there could be more games that they will now have to play i guess there won't be load management during those games because because fans will really get upset I, if there's I, a banner on the line, yeah, the, the teams are going to want to win, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they'll, they're competitive people. Can you imagine like there's an injury during the in-season tournament that <laughs> that changes? Well, the no, no, no. That that doesn't matter because I mean you don't want anybody to get hurt. But they were they're going to count as regular season games. Okay. The only question is whether or not there would be load management during those games. That isn't. And that's the only additional risk of injury. But that's only if you buy into load management being a necessary thing. Are you following some of the crazy contracts in NBA free agency, or is it just all noise to you at this point? And you'll see where everybody ends up. Once money gets to be this much for us, normal people, you can't fathom the kind of money that they're making. So it's just, you know, it's just like, I can't play basketball the way they do or hit a baseball the way they do. I can't picture that kind of money. It's not, it's real to them. It's real money. But I think for the rest of us, I don't think anybody pays attention anymore to how much money somebody's getting, except for how does that inhibit a team from being able to use more money to get more players so that you can win a championship. I don't think anybody at this point sits there and goes, well, this person's making $43 million and gets all annoyed at it. But you're not, I mean, no, I don't think people like necessarily get annoyed by it. I, I don't think, I think the amount of movement is hard for people to follow and all the rumors about different places and, and look how people consume their news is going to change. We were talking about clickbait or news. Now you've got all these people on threads trying to talk on a different platform because they're not sure if people are going to find them on Twitter. So that again, people, huh? you haven't paid attention to that. No, I'm just trying to figure out why this got on there. Because why are we talking about a new platform? Because Kevin Durant. <laughs> because well, other than his ghost accounts, because you're right. you're going to see these comments come out in another place now for people to put information out and to put rumors and sources out and things like that. So it's just going to make your problem worse, Jeff. You're not going to. Isn't it, it just going to be the same people putting it on multiple platforms? You think this is going to create more reporters and more rumors? No, I I actually I, think, pe- think, so. I think people are trying to figure out where to go now. Um, I think some people have left one platform over another, just from what I'm seeing. You know, if you look at the new platform, it doesn't seem like it has all the features of Twitter. So I don't think people really know where to go yet. You know, I'm somebody that, that does consume news on Twitter. I have followed reporters for years. So for me, it's actually challenging. I, I have really relied on that, the list that I've cultivated and the resources that I had to be able to get statistics and information. And now it's, it's harder to find. So I, I'm not sure what the end result of the next centralized location will be. I'm sure that leagues will find how to communicate on it, though. 
Okay. Um, I'll leave that to you to worry about. I'm just trying to figure out who's on TV and the radio because they may not uh, be on you know, TV the, or the radio. They, they may be because on so many people that I don't know about you, but like people that I really enjoy and respect listening to are, are gone from a major platform. Yes. And I, and I can't figure out how that's a good thing because now you're seeing people from sports that they don't have experience in commenting so that they can use pe the people that they have less, left at lower salaries in multiple ways. And they're all great people. They're all, they're all knowledgeable, but they're knowledgeable in a certain sport. And to, to have, them, have a football guy talking about basketball doesn't really work you kind of lose credibility by doing that. They lost a lot of institutional memory and a lot of, of people who provided, who were trusted sources of information at that uh, channel. And look, it's a larger problem with the media industry as a whole. It wasn't that ESPN was necessarily failing. It's that Disney, their parent company, said they had to make cuts. So they chose who to cut, but the, the mandate to cut came down from the parent company. And so, go ahead. How how do they? I just don't understand how they made the decision, though. I mean, this is all behind the scenes. Maybe this is not something people want to listen to on the radio anymore. But I, I don't get how like two guys are basically getting a large chunk of the money. Depends how much of the audience they bring in. You know, one guy. I'm not gonna say his name, but one guy. It seems like his whole name was made by having one guy on his show every week who was making news because he was acting weird. Like, is that, is, are there that many people that just want to listen to one person? Look, I, I think that the diversity of voices and ideas is important. I think that the we're going through a changing landscape in the media. These these back and forth shows where everybody has a take seem to be shifting away. The resources that these stations are spending on them, they seem to be recommitting in other places. But it wasn't just that. I mean, it was it was broadcasters, lead broadcasters, commentators, anchors. It was kind of across the board. They spread it out. It wasn't just the news people there. Agreed. I got it. And I, I think, you know what, at this point, it, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. I hope it works out for everyone. I hope those people find it. I mean, I've, I've expressed my frustration to you that one of the remaining people decided to make it about himself by, by saying he could be next. And I'm sitting there going, your colleagues just lost their jobs. You're still there. Don't make it about you. Make it about having empathy towards your your colleagues. Yeah, that was uh, that was not the best look <laughs> there at all. And it, it follows a pattern. You know, I you and I joke about our our other lives that we have. I've worked in politics for a long time, and as you see the the local paper go away and it moves to more of a regional model, and then those regional models make cuts because they have to reach a bottom line with the parent company. You lose the institutional memory, but then you also lose the people with the knowledge in that specialty area. So every story gets treated like it's the first time it's ever happened or it's the biggest and worst thing ever when it actually fits in context to a larger narrative through time. But it's not treated that way because the people don't know that to cover it. So that's my larger concern about where we go with news coverage and sports coverage. Um, I think it's just going to get more analytics based because people can spout off numbers like I do that you hate and 
try and have a conversation about what those numbers mean as opposed to sourcing a story and really putting in the time it takes to have it come out for that long form access to something. Yeah, I also think that the other problem is is that you not only do you lose that institutional memory, but you lose the voice of, the, of a city in each, in each city, in every city. You, you're having when you have people that are national or regional, they're, they don't have their finger on the pulse of what the people in the city want. We were lucky and are lucky still to have some reporters that have their pulse on what Philadelphians want to talk about. If you take all that away, then it's hard to do that. Yeah, without a doubt. I'd... So you'll get more statistics in your stories. And if that's what you want, instead of a real story, you know, we've been blessed to have really good reporters in the city for a long time. We've been very lucky. And it concerns me that we may be starting to lose some of that knowledge. Jeff, why don't we take a break there? Um, when we come back, we will talk a little more. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Welcome back to the heart of sports. All right, Jeff, uh, you watching this Phillies team? What's your, you were at a game the other night, I believe, correct? Well, I was, but last night my cable went out, so <laughs> I did not get to watch the end of the game from the fourth inning on. Um, Missed something. It is, a, it is amazing that the Phillies are doing this, especially on the road. I mean, they have won, won, won 11 now in a row. 12. Including sweeping the best team in the American League. So they're a season, at, at their home. They're a season high, eight games over 500. They're 22 and 27 in their last 29 games. They're the first team to sweep the Rays in Tampa this season. Uh, the second longest road win streak since 1900 for the franchise. The Rays had only lost 10 games at home before the series, and the Phillies held them to six total runs over 29 innings. They, mm -hmm. The Rays came into that series averaging the second most runs per game, 5.86. I, I don't know what to make of this team uh you know they, they well, what do you what do you, what do you mean what to make them they're playing really good baseball but it's confusing because the guys that you were expecting to carry the team are not the guys that are carrying the team exactly i mean the, the, even the pitching is you know chris wheeler and aaron nola pitch particularly well yes walker suarez and now sanchez have been pitching really well. I mean, yesterday, I'm not even sure they should have taken Sanchez out. It was only, I think it's 75 pitches after six innings. He's thrown 21 innings over his last four starts, giving up just five earned runs and only just 19 men on base. He's got a 2.14 ERA. I mean, he had walk problems when he was in AAA. He, he walked 99 batters in 181 innings in AAA. He's walked two batters in 21 innings up here. Well, that's, this is what happens when you don't walk the leadoff better. I mean, the, the difference is absolutely incredible. And, and the bullpen has been really good. Although, I got to tell you, I don't know about you. Watching Craig Kimball pitch is really hard. He's how many times have they called the automatic ball on him because he hasn't pitched in time? He doesn't seem to care. Like, well, that's it. I mean, yes, it's great that he has. So, he's such a veteran and has so much composure. But hey, adjust. 
at this point, I, do you really need to do the whole thing that you do before each pitch? And if you need to do it, grab the ball and just go. Just get in the position and go. Like, I don't understand why he's risking it. At some point, and, and it's going to be at a really inopportune time, it's going to cost them. I, that's my concern. But, I mean, look, you look at the bullpen. They're tied for seventh in the majors. They have a 3.7 ADRA. They haven't allowed a run in their last nine games. That's across 28 innings. They have 32 strikeouts with just three walks. Since June 13th, they've got a 1.91 ERA with 51 strikeouts and seven walks. You can't ask for more than that. You know, it's interesting because uh, Alvarado – you know, has looked shaky at times, letting men on the base, but getting mm-hmm. out of the jam. They're doing this without Sir Anthony Dominguez. They got Matt Strom in there looking like he belongs really well. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking like he belongs. And then they bring back Derek Hall. He comes in and hits a home run. Now, I think the managers basically said Hall will be in there until Bryce Harper is in there playing first base. Do you have concerns about Harper playing first? What what concerns would you have? He's incredibly athletic. His arm. Just making the throws with his arm. Okay. How many throws is a first baseman making? Over the course of a season, how many throws? They're never throwing at the third. It is a lot shorter throw, whatever he's going to do, than it is in the outfield. I'm the guy who's all about taking Kyle Schwarber out of the outfield. So, like, I would like to see him at first, but I don't want him to, like, not be in the lineup. Even though he's not hitting home runs, he's still hitting 293. I mean, he's. I mean, it's not ideal, but even if if, if he says, you know what, you can't throw the ball, you're playing first base, but you don't throw the ball. How much is that really going to cost him? How many plays over the course of a season does a first baseman throw anywhere? He's not going to do that, though. He's a competitor. No, but if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a point at which Harper was like rolling the ball in. Do you yeah, remember that? I do. That okay, was, that was so, painful to watch. So so we've we've seen it before. I, I, I don't want to have a first baseman that can't throw, but I'd rather have a first baseman who can't throw than have an outfielder who can't catch. That is it. And, and, and unfortunately, that is the position that we find ourselves in. Is Kyle Schwarber is a one eight? What is he up to? 185. 190. Uh, no, okay. almost 190. 189 yes. with 20. See, numbers. the sad thing is he can go one for five in a game and raise his batting average. <laughs> so That's true. the absurdity of it. <laughs> so okay. <true. laughs> and, and, and you have a guy in the outfield who is costing them runs. You cannot have him out there any longer. I'd rather put, and I don't think Derek plays outfield. I'd rather have Derek Hall in left field than I would have Kyle Schwarber in left field. The problem for the Phillies is going to be if if they do this, if Harper plays first base, there's no place for Hall on the team, unfortunately. No, he's coming off the bench. He, he, I've been, he I've been surprised. No, no, he's not coming off the bench. He's he's go he's got to go. You you can't have you only have four positional players in, on your bench. One of those is Stubbs, the catcher. So you're not getting rid of Sosa. You don't think Harrison you may go down? Then who who's the backup? Then you only have one backup outfielder and one backup Pache. infielder. Pache, he's your right? backup outfield. Yeah. So you have one backup outfielder and one backup infielder, and you have another guy who can only play first base. You can't do that to your team. You need some flexibility. 
Yeah, I mean, so unfortunately, as much as I like Hall, once Harper can play first base, if that's confirmed that he'll do that, then I think Hall will be sent down or Hall will be, maybe he'll be traded for, a, a, you know, a relief pitcher, another relief pitcher that we need. Because, look, I'm still worried. We, we need another starting pitcher. I don't think you're getting through the season with these five without any more hiccups. I'm still worried about Wheeler. I just haven't seen this year the Wheeler that we saw the, even the first half of last year. I'm still concerned about Nola. He's on track for 200 innings, but but, but, but I don't. Have you seen anything that makes you believe that Nola that this is a physical issue for Nola? No, you're not seeing any velocity changes. It seems to be in Mental, his head. Like with he the gets to the fourth clock. inning and just boom. Well, he he gets men on base. And, and, well, yeah, and, he's not pitching. Ooh. He's not pitching well once he gets men on base because yeah. he has to start from a different position. Yeah, once he's out of the stretch, he just looks like a completely different pitcher. Now, if you would have mm-hmm. told me that Taiwan Walker would have a four ERA, I'd have told you I didn't believe that. I mean, given what everything else is, Ranger has a three point six seven ERA. Those are not the guys that you figured that that would. Wait, you you. you you thought Walker was going to have a higher ERA or lower? I thought he'd have a little higher ERA, actually. I didn't think I, he'd have a lower ERA. No, I, I kind of expected what we're getting out of him. I just expected it sooner. Uh, I mean, look, he started, if you take out his first, what, three or four starts, he's had a really good season. Yeah, no, he's pitched very well. I, I expected, you know, 4.25, 4.5. I didn't think we were getting, I mean, Ranger's the guy who I feel most comfortable with at times on the mound. He's, he never looks rattled by anything. I mean, Andrew Painter threw to hitters on Wednesday, but he's, he, they're being he's so, are you being, are you watching how secretive they're being about, they're not letting him and Noah Song talk to the media. They did the, his workout instead of being outside they did it inside the performance center where he threw a side session in the new biomechanics lab it's just they're being very well, wait a second. Hold on. First, look, there's two, there's two different things here first of all talking to the media that's kind of standard in every sport when a player is injured they don't talk to the media so i'm not too worried about that the secretiveness with regard to where he's throwing i don't know do you, do you really need to say it what's the difference Difference. Is anybody going to believe anything until you actually see him in a mountain game? No. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter at that point. What we will I'm not see. Too, I'm not too worried about that. Well, I, I just don't, I don't see you. Painter, I believe, is only 20 years old. He's really young. So he was way ahead of schedule for most pitchers at this point. So if you get him back healthy by the end of the season, you make the playoffs or make a run and can put him in the bullpen and use him for an inning here and an inning there, and he's good at that, then that's a plus. I don't think you expect him to pitch, start pitch at all this year. And quite frankly, at this point, we're already at the all-star break. Do you rush it? He has not thrown to any real hitters in a real game yet since this setback. I do not want him pitching live starting games five innings or six innings at a time at this point i think you 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 have to play it safe with his arm yeah i probably would as well we do have some really good pitching matchups this weekend they play the marlins they're two and a half games back of them in the wild card spot uh a chance to go into the all-star break if they sweep this series too in first place in the the wild card race 
tonight, Zach Wheeler, Sandy Alcantara. I mean, Alcantara's record isn't great this year, but that that's a fun pitching matchup to watch. You'll be watching those games. Yeah, but here, here's the thing about the, the Phillies. Mar- Phillies have a hard time with the Marlins when the Marlins stink. Yes, uh, always. They can they can't lose two of three to the Marlins and call it a successful trip in my mind. I, I saw something that said it, 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 will, be, it will negate the whole sweep of the Rays. I, I saw something that said uh, it would be the most Phillies thing to sweep the Rays and then get swept <laughs> by the Marlins going into the All-Star break. It, exactly. And by the way, there were definitely more Phillies fans at that Rays series than there were Rays fans. And I suspect you're going to have the same thing when you go to Miami. Likely. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you care about the All-Star break? Will you watch the All-Star game, Home Run Derby? Do you, are you any interest? Um, no. I mean, at this point, the All-Star game, I, I like it for the players i like it for kids i think it's fun for kids it, it's just i don't know i got to the point the home run derby is fun to watch as long as you don't make it three hours long like, i don't want to watch three hours of that uh did you see what they're unveiling a virtual ballpark at the all-star game this year did you see no that? what's wrong what's wrong with it by the way safeco field or whatever they're calling it these days is a really nice ballpark why do they need a virtual one uh it allows people to digitally wa- uh, go to a digital watch party have mm-hmm. avatars in a simulated stadium jeff i know that you are thrilled for this experience oh i am all so jumping the, on this now the sound cancel all my plans for next week on a more serious note uh the angel season kind of went up on flames this week um mike trout fractures haymate bone Shohei has a blister. If you're the Angels, do you look to trade Shohei? If you're not going to re-sign him in the offseason, your season, you know, Red Dome went down with an injury. The question is, what do you get for him? He's a, he's a free agent after the season. The, the time to trade him was last year when he had a year plus on his contract. What are you going to get for Shohei? You're only, it's going to be somebody that desperately needs a pitcher for this season and is willing to give up what? Like, how much are you really going to give up? Unless you think for certain you, this is the guy you need as a pitcher. And I'm still worried about him as a pitcher. Like, his last couple starts have not been... Shohei like I'm not going to say aren't good because even his bad starts are pretty good but as a hitter as long as he can continue to hit then I'm good with making a trade I'm just I just don't want to give up the, the whole farm for him if they make him available it just seems like the angels were terrified to make a deal where, where they would have to live with they were the ones that traded away Shohei Otani Look, I don't blame them, but they've had two stars for how many years and they haven't been able to win with it. Do you let him walk away and get nothing for it if you know you're not going to keep him and sign him? Look, I don't know that Artie Moreno isn't going to drop a bring back the Brings truck and keep him. You know, if you were, if you're people in Anaheim or L.A. or wherever it is they're playing this week, like it, at some point, don't you wish he sold the team? Sure, they haven't like, done anything. Get, with how it. frustrated do you have to be? As a look, I'm. I don't care about the Angels. And by the way, it's only one of three ballparks that I haven't been to. And, and I'm telling you, I'm frustrated for those fans. They had two generational talent playing back to back, Trout and Otani, and couldn't make the playoffs. How could that happen? That's what I don't understand. How is that possible? Uh, I, uh, how bad do you have to be as an organization in order for that to happen? 
two of the greatest players of the last three, four decades. One of them, you know, before Otani came around, how many times have you heard that Mike Trout is one of the best baseball players of all time? And then all of a sudden he got eclipsed by somebody and not because his skill deteriorated, just because this guy was possibly the great, he's, he's doing things we've never seen before and likely will never see again. And they can't win with him. Nothing. So they, but somebody needed to recognize it because being the guy, being afraid to be the guy as a general manager and owner to trade away somebody because you don't want to be known for that. Do you actually think people will look at you more positively by saying you never won with this person and let them leave for nothing? How does that make sense? I don't get it. What would you do though? Like, what would you do now if you were in that situation? You've already- if I were the angels, I wouldn't be in this situation. Uh, I would have traded him last year or the year before. Yeah, I, I just don't think you can put yourself in that position. And they did. They definitely did put themselves. Hey, can we talk about another another team that nobody here cares about? Sure. <laughs> what, what alert did you get that has... The Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Okay. They're playing now, very good baseball. Okay, so I, I want to ask you a question that has to do with the All-Star game. How's that? Okay. I think Ellie it's Day, ridiculous. Ellie I... De, La, De La Cruz has played 27 games, I think, as of, of this airing. The team is, I think, 15 or more games over 500 and is in first place. Before the season started, we all expected the Cincinnati Reds be, to be fighting for the worst record in the major leagues. And since this one guy has come up, and there are other young talents that they have, they apparently have a really good organization. He, This guy has been like must-see baseball to watch. Like if you had to pick two players in Major League Baseball right now that you would want to watch, that you wouldn't get up from your seat from to go get food at a ballpark, it would be De La Cruz and Otani. De La Cruz, would you, if you were the commissioner of baseball, somebody goes down for the National League, would you put L.A. De La Cruz in the All-Star game? He's apparently not eligible. They have some Why? dumb rule that he hasn't played enough games to be okay, eligible. Yes, absolutely I would. Okay. He should be in on a commissioner's exemption because he's the most exciting person in baseball right now. They checked his bat the other night to see if it was corked, and on the next swing he hit a home run so far that he turned to the opposing dugout and said, do you want to check it again? Yes, can we absolutely. Talk about, can, we talk about that? can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. The manager of the Nationals, let's face it, the reason that managers go out and talk to an umpire and say, check the bat or check the glove is not usually because they believe there's something wrong. It's because they're trying to get in the batter or the pitcher's head. Can we agree on that? Yes. Okay. He did it. Didn't he work. went out. He, he, he saw a rookie who, who's only been, as he put it, in the majors for two weeks. He was wrong. It was four. But, and, and tried to show him up and get in the kid's head. He struck out that time, and he came back up with the same little thing on the end of his bat, which was legal. 
and then hit a 460 foot home run and pointed to the bat and the manager of the nationals is upset with yes uh, again you have <laughs> no right to complain you created the situation what do you think he's showing you up now he it's it's fine if he shows him up you started this yes. as the manager you tried to get in his head yes you tried to be the unsportsmanlike guy and it got shoved in your face yes <laughs> go enjoy last place the rest of the season nationals because you deserve that one but he absolutely should be in the all-star game look baseball should do everything they can to get their young stars in these spotlight situations i know and and and, and the one thing that i do wish he would have done or somebody would have talked him into it is do, doing the home run derby because because Ellie Day or La Cruz at the Home Run Derby, Looked to great. me, would have been the equivalent of Ken Griffey Jr. at the Home Run Derby. That everybody who watches baseball and lots of casual fans, if you ask them about Home Run Derby memories, it's not how many anyone hit. It's the fun, right? And Ken Griffey putting on that hat backwards and having that Griffey smile and, his and hitting way. those home runs, that's what people remember. And Ellie Dela Cruz has that same personality and that same swagger and hits the ball a mile. And isn't that what baseball wants? I know. So, and I know he didn't want to do it. And, and, he's, he's, and he didn't want to do it for a wrong reason. He wanted to do it because he wanted to make sure that he stayed focused on the task at hand, which was the Reds finally being in the playoffs. But it just, it's a missed opportunity for all of baseball. And that's the shame of it because this is a game that you got to admit, the rules they put in place, as much as we all want to sit there and say Manfred doesn't know what he was doing, Putting all these rules in place all together the way they have has created a more exciting brand of baseball. It just has. And it's done the thing that you've talked to me for years about of baseball's too long. Baseball's not too long anymore, right? Now it's a little over two hours long. And and so now the only thing you have left that you need to do is you need to get more than just Otani. You need to get De La Cruz. You need to get some of these young guys. You need to, I don't know if Gunnar Henderson has any personality, but you gotta get him out there. You gotta get the young guys out there. It can't, you can't rely on Trout. You can't rely on even Harper. You gotta, and every city's gotta find a young, exciting, personality-filled ball player that can be the face of your franchise. Do you think they're going to have the pitch clock in the All-Star game? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Why would they not? I don't know. It's an exhibition. I, I, I assume they'll have more than five mound visits allowed, though. I would assume so, but I don't know. They, I, they should have it just so that they can sell sponsorships for it. Hey, if somebody would have told you before the season started the Phillies are only going to have one representative at the All-Star game, and it's going to be Castellanos. Who's hitting put, 305? any money on that? He's hitting 305, Jeff. Would you have thought that Castellanos would be hitting 305 at any point in this season? No, not, not at all. And that, that would have been, even if you would have told me they're not allowed to throw him low pitches, <laughs> I still wouldn't have thought he would have hit 305. <laughs> but, the, but the person who impresses me 
me most is Bryson Stott. Yes. I mean, look, we, we interviewed him when he was in the minors. You could tell even when he was younger, the professional that he was. But if you look at the stories about what he did with Kevin Long in the offseason, is that his batting average was in the low 100s on pitches a certain low and lower. He's batting close to 350 on those pitches this year. Yeah. This is a guy who somehow is able to just adjust and, and to have at that age, the, the fortitude that he has on two strikes, he has more hits on two strikes than anybody in the major leagues. That's, that's incredibly impressive what we have. And he's batting, what, he's about 300 now? It's the whole reason I want him bases. to bat second, by the way, <laughs> because of his bat approach. second, he play. should be batting first. Well, you still, you, what, you're going to say that Schwarber should be batting first? I don't, Please they're, don't. They're not Please don't, because if, if so, I hope that we go off the air right now. Can, can we stop <laughs> having... May lightning hit the station. <laughs> can we stop having that fight that Rob Thompson is going to move Kyle Schwarber out of first and just make the lineup card after that already? Like, you can waste your breath and tell me that somebody else should be first and then you can get the lineup card that comes out every single day and Kyle Schwarber will be first. Okay, so yesterday we saw Schwarber get a leadoff hit. Schwarber can't get off that base. No. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter unless he's hitting the so and in most of his home runs are solo home runs. I don't I don't understand how that is a way to play this especially this brand of baseball. When you have two guys, hopefully Turner improves even more he seems to be coming out of whatever he was in you have two guys with speed who can play the brand of baseball that appears to be back to my brand of baseball back to hit and runs and things i mean you have a guy on the a's nobody's ever heard of who's got close to 50 stolen bases and nobody knows about him right well he's playing for the a's (laughs) but isn't that baseball's problem like you have these things, you've made these changes and you're getting these things that are coming out of it. And baseball really isn't publicizing it. Baseball. I think, is, I think they're trying, I, but with the Oakland issue is a whole separate issue. Uh, to me, I find it sad and I actually find it kind of disgusting the way that this is all being handled. I think that major league baseball and, and even again, you want to give Manfred a hard time, Manfred criticizing the fans that that's inappropriate. Okay. Saying that they didn't show up except for the one game is not fair. If you watch what Oakland puts on there. And by the way, if you watch what that stadium looks like, I was there two years ago. That place is a dump. It has been a dump. It's not even safe. They talk about sewage issues and and varmints and all over the place. It's not a good place to go see a baseball game. It doesn't matter how good they are. If you build it, they will come. That's what came out of Field of Dreams. And they didn't want to build it. And you cannot, you want to blame the city, you go ahead and try to blame the city. I'm blaming the owner for that. And I'm blaming the and I'm blaming Major League Baseball and the fact that now they're letting this owner save up his money to move to Las Vegas and put a horrible product out there. There is a, a guy smaller, to watch and smaller, nobody's watching it. In huh? a smaller stadium than they could have gotten in Oakland, in a smaller stadium than almost any other park in the major leagues. 
Exactly. In, in Vegas. In Vegas. I will say one thing, you know, we are critical. One thing I think they are doing right. Um, I love Ooh, the, the, the A's. No, baseball. Oh, um, sure. I like kind of the history, the Field of Dreams game that they've done this year. They're doing the uh, the game at the Negro League field in mm-hmm. field in Birmingham. Kansas Alabama. City? Oh, uh, no. It'll be the Giants play the Cardinals. We'll play a regular season game at Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro League field. Um, Why are they not doing it in Kansas City? Where the, where the hall, where the uh, museum is? I'm not sure. I, I well, okay. actually, I think it's because they're honoring Willie Mays, who played for the Barons. Okay, cool. Can I just do a plug here? And I have no interest in this. Sure. If if you get a chance, yes, go to that museum in Kansas City. Okay. I went a couple of years ago. Pretty. It cool. is so important to the history of baseball. Okay. I, I, I will take that suggestion under advisement. Granted, I have two kids that we And by the way, they have really good barbecue. We so have, you got some place to go afterwards for lunch or dinner. two kids that we barely travel anywhere right now. But once we start to travel again, <laughs> we will definitely put that on the list. Road trip. <laughs> Road trip. Um, Jeff, let's talk a little golf. We've got about, I don't know, 15 minutes left on the show. Um, are, things have you know cooled down a little bit for you. Are you able to watch golf these no. days? Nope. Didn't need to hear the rest of that question. Sorry if I was rude. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, sadly, I just, I don't have an interest in it. I don't want, I'm tired of this spat. I'm tired of the way that it was handled. I'm tired of, they have a deal, but the deal isn't a deal. Like it, it is it going to be a deal? We, well, forget whether it actually goes through. Cause I think that the government may have a case here for why it doesn't go through and having foreign investment control, the league. But the, the problem here is, is that even those parties involved in it have no idea what this means. The live golfers have no idea whether or not they're going to be allowed back on the PGA tour. The PGA players don't know whether or not live is or is not going to exist as a tour anymore, or whether it's just being, you know, put into it. Nobody seems to know what the end game is here other than one thing, that one group, the private investment company that's handling Live Golf is going to throw a whole bunch of money in the PGA. It's, that doesn't seem like much of a deal and it doesn't seem like much of a resolution and it doesn't seem like anybody's happy. Like, I'm not here. Are you hearing the golfers say they're happy? And by the way, they're turning on each other. If you heard Brooks Kepka yesterday, he was criticizing one of his, and I'm putting in air quotes, teammates on the Live Golf Tour because they have teams in addition to individual play in their tournaments. And he was basically calling one of his teammates a quitter. Yeah, did you see see that teammate's response, by the way? No, I did not. Uh, the teammate responded, letting him know of all the mental health challenges he's been going through and how he didn't think that's how you treat a teammate. <laughs> I, you, you know, you don't. Okay, know so, but, but here, here's, here's the through. problem. Go ahead. Here's, here's the problem. Golf is an individual game, except yep. when you have the Ryder Cup or when you have the President's Cup. Yep. They tried to turn it into something it's not with a bunch of people who are in it for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's an individual sport. And what you now have is this Brooks Kepka, as great a golfer as he is, was never everybody's favorite person. He's now on a team and you see what this has done. These guys are just all out there for themselves. And now they're criticizing each other. And in this case, inappropriately. 
Like, so how was this good for golf? This was good for the golfers. They make more money. This is not good for golf. And we don't know what the resolution is. So we know that's not good for golf. I, I think that live would eventually bled the PGA dry. And I think that because they would have had to stay in litigation and they're giving bigger purses. But that's and, not true. Every has, litigation ends. I, I don't see how that litigation was going to end anytime soon with the okay, way, but, with the amount of discovery they were doing. You're the lawyer, not me. But it looks like from what you read that mm-hmm. the PGA was concerned at the expenses that they were going to occur over the next few years, both giving larger purses to compete with Liv and then fighting this battle in court and then potentially in Congress over okay. antitrust issues. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just so you know, the, the costs of the litigation, while potentially high, should not have changed anything for the PGA's decision-making ability. If they thought they were going to lose, that's a reason to settle. I think if, they did. If, if, if you thought the purse, you need to raise the purses to compete, that's a business decision. But Monaghan taking the position, they needed to do it because they were in a lawsuit. Who filed the lawsuit? Wasn't it the PGA Tour first? You know, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure it was. And if it was, okay, well, then maybe you should have figured that out before you were in the law in the lawsuit. And by the way, a good lawsuit, especially in federal court, can be managed. Discovery can be curtailed. There are ways to keep costs somewhat reasonable. It should, if the PGA is in that financial dire straits, yeah, that's one thing, but that would be really sad that this institution was in such bad shape that supposedly they couldn't afford litigation to save their own sport. It just seems like they made a business decision. It doesn't seem they made a decision. Yeah, but they didn't make a business decision that's going to make the business any better. The, The brand of golf hasn't gotten better. This idea of teams isn't going to make anything better. The fact that you don't know, that the players don't know what's happening. The fact that the players now don't trust the people who run the organization. How is any of that better? The only thing that got better is a small group of people got a lot more money without the incentive to play well. That's what happened. That's going to be the last word for this week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.